If you're talking sports, this is the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Episode 6, Season 3 of the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Bigger and better. Brought to you by Pinnacle Supplementation. Make sure you reach your pinnacle. Check out PinnacleSup.com. You already know what I'm talking about. Get your fitness, wellness, supplementation needs. And I'd be crazy not to shout out the main man who's just been balling. Check out his social media, man. I'm talking Grant Anderson, the YouTube sensation, G for three. Providing some great insight on what it what it takes to be a baller at this point. Out there crossing people up across the country is what it is. Uh, check out his latest videos. It's going to be awesome. But I wouldn't be me. I am Zizzy. We know it. We know it. Zizzy Nation, stand up. But got to bring in the main man, Mickey Hines. What is going on, my guy? I love moving day. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that's been on my chest. And I just needed to get it off. And I felt good. Uh, this will probably be the last YouTube video with this setup. We're going to have a new uh, area to do the podcast next video. So stay Same. tuned for that. Same. Uh, yeah, so it's super exciting. It is Donut Saturday, and I'm actually getting my donuts today. I know I've been a little lax here the past two Saturdays. Uh, got to rep the shirt from Kansas City. Got to rep the hat from Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, I'm going global. I'm going global with this Donut Saturday thing. Uh, so as you can tell, the vibes are immaculate here on a Saturday morning. Mickey Zizzy, get your coffee, get your energy drink. We're repping out here. Let's go. Yeah, and we got a lot to talk about. I mean, we're going to get we we getting back. It's a NFL season within 50 days and everybody. I mean, we're we're talking lot to talk about college football going to be back even sooner. We're going to be talking having some little discussions with that, but of course, we start every episode person of the week. Who do you got? Bud? You know me, breaking rules per usual here. Uh, obviously, I want to give a what shout out. When was the last time he didn't? I just, uh, someone's got to tell you that. Yeah, I'm someone, like, whoever yeah. our statistician is, we don't have one yet, but whoever that is, figure out what day it is. Um, But my person, people of the week, first off, shout out, our famous for helping us move. You obviously have to throw that shout out in there and everyone who's helped us pack and all that jazz. But I went to the dentist this week, Yank, and just shout out dentists. Like, honestly, that's <laughs> job to do like a lot of people i don't like personally it's like kind of scary like i feel like they're judging me based on my teeth but like shout out them they just poke stuff in people's mouths and like bleed everywhere and clean it and have to deal with like kids who like probably chomping at their uh supplies so you know for all the dentists out there thank you for keeping our teeth clean and i just got a big uh, morale boost the dentist said my teeth look so much better than last time i was like let's go yes improvement uh so shout out to all the dentists out there in the world who are trying to make our teeth uh, and our dental hygiene better. I mean, I can't, I can't knock that. I mean, there was a point in time, not that many years ago where I was walking around without a tooth and then <laughs> <laughs> shout out Mount Vernon family dentistry, but they out there working. Uh, and I mean, I, I haven't gone to the dentist recently, but I need to because one, there you go, your friendly teeth right whitening, right. and two, yeah, I gotta make sure that thing's good to go. If I, if I, that's a money maker, man. You gotta be able to smile, smile. <laughs> but no, that that's that's amazing. That is not where I expected it to go. But yes, absolutely, shout them out. It's definitely a profession where I was like, I don't know if I want to be in people's mouths all day, man. <laughs> Legit, like, that's impressive. That's impressive. So, uh, shout out to all of them. Uh, for me, it was a birth. It was a birthday week, man. Like there's a lot of birthdays going on. Shout out to my man, Mickey Hines, right here on the screen, having his birthday last oh, yeah. week. Uh, but also, I mean, I always shout you out, man. So I couldn't, I couldn't do it. This time. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I had to shout out the other two, uh, Brock Flack, Cheyenne. You know, oh yeah, uh, so so good to see them. Obviously, with the bachelor party and getting prepped for the wedding and all that. So just catching up, having those conversations was just, you can't ask for more. It's memories being made, funny stuff. I mean, ZYPD, I had to, had to throw some money at Cheyenne's, <laughs> Cheyenne's way to replace a phone. And he doesn't even have as good of a phone anymore. So I uh, feel bad for that, but it's always something funny to talk about. And hope he had a great birthday. Saw that he was at the fake Disneyland with his family. So that's fake always Disneyland. great. Yeah. Uh, but 
And then Brock, uh, same thing, just catching up, having the fun memories. I mean, even something as simple as the drives, the steak and shake and stuff the morning after. I mean, I'm dying. He's cracking jokes and stuff <laughs> the whole time after he just slept till noon. Like, uh, I just, it's all the small stuff, man. Making whirlpools in the pool. I don't, I don't care. Oh, yeah. I'll act like a 15-year-old kid and love it with these guys. So, shout out to all the boys and that's my people of the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, like I said, this is sponsored by G for three. Go check out his videos. I mean, he's going to Vegas. He's going to Florida. He's going to all these other places and just playing the sport of basketball, loving it, trying to influence the game. So shout out Grant for uh, being a huge, he was our first interview this year, but a huge sponsor for the podcast. And also, Yank, I do want to say the allergies are through the roof right now. So this is my Ooh. testament of my Ooh. grit right now, podcasting while with kind of a stuffy nose and still sounding great. So, uh, don't mind me if I'm trying to blow the nose and whatnot for the people also listening. But, you know, that's just – that's toughness right there on a Saturday morning. Okay, okay. All right, so <laughs> he's already making excuses. Oh. He knows that he's going to say some dumb stuff in this episode. So, all right, we've got that out the way. I'm glad that your allergies are affecting your com- your cognitive ability. Uh, not my cognitive, just my <laughs> – my look, my overall, the sniffles and all that. I mean, I do, I do hear it. There's a little bit of a nasal, a nasal oh, yeah. to the voice, but you're you're powering through. I see you. It's Donut Saturday. I've never seen someone with such great donut gear, but we'll move on and we'll do that. So, where are we starting today? You want to go NIL? You want to go? Yeah, NFL. So, NIL. All right. Yeah. So the NIL deal, the name, image, and likely likeness deal. Uh, that got set this past uh, what, year and a half, two years now. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say like full effect for the first time last season. Yeah, uh, we talked about this our first season of the Mickey Zizzy podcast and you were in favor and I was not in favor. And now that we have it, I do like some of the ways that they are doing it. Don't get me wrong, but I still don't offense. I mean, but there's still no, there's still no reason to be paying some 17, 18 year old eight hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Paying them over a hundred thousand dollars, like, who needs that? You know. Uh, so <laughs> I my thing is, I'm just gonna rip it off like a band aid. Is like I was saying, uh, we still, I'm still against it, but the way some of the athletes are going about it is awesome. Like I've seen the Keegan Murray brand, like the kids wearing the shirts. Yeah, you should get paid for that. That's your name. You're making your business based on your area, right? You have the uh patrick and connor McCa- uh, mccaffrey they have their own podcast some place in iowa city like it's sponsoring them to have a podcast sweet they're making money on the side you have tyler linderbaum who donated all of his nil money to the children's hospital i can't really say that's a bad idea yank right i really can't be against it but now these student athletes are getting five figure deals plus free room plus free food plus free schooling like Oh my goodness, like the time to be a college athlete is now. But Yank, are you, I just want to hear your kind of first initial thoughts about it. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you're talking about the five-figure deals and there's people that are make there's high school quarterbacks that have received million-dollar payouts before they've even touched the practice field at their college facility, which is insane. But, I mean, it's it's what I expected. Um, the amount of money that the game of football cre- uh, just supplies, especially college football with just the number of teams, the number of players. I mean, it's people, a lot of people love to say that it is more passionate, which I do believe it's more emotional football. There's a lot more people. I think it might, it has more fans just by the sheer numbers. Everyone loves college football. So it's going to generate that kind of money. We talk about how college football uh, programs at schools will pay for the rest of the sports at that school. Like it's just, it's how this country operates when it comes to sports. So am I surprised by it? No, doesn't necessarily need to happen. No, but does it, it doesn't, it doesn't change how I feel about the NIL in general. Um, I think that the NCAA had a lot of issues and a lot of gaps that had to be solved. There's a lot of ways in which they had taken advantage of collegiate athletes. So this is a way for this is the NIL is a way to kind of counteract that. And now it's allowing the only thing that's getting crazy is just the changing of teams, which we'll talk about. So no. And that's the thing you kind of already segued into my next point with the NIL deals is 
it's it's free agency, Yank. The transfer portal is the free agency. I forget what coach said that, but it totally is. I think Kirby Smart was talking about it. I think it kind of came up. But that's how it is, Yank. If you're recruiting is your free agency. You come into somebody's house, one of these five-star athletes say, you know what? I understand Alabama's offering you this, or they have these connections. My school, I'm connected with the Tom Brady brand. You can get this. We'll spot you $20,000 right out of the gate from this other local business for you to go sign a few autographs, right? That's Jackson State's example. No joke. I was looking up all these examples so that I have some you know, credibility to all these takes. I mean, that's pretty cool. And Jackson State's also partnered with Gatorade. Well, if you want to be repping Tom Brady brand plus some Gatorade stuff, like kind of want to go there. But now that's Jackson State. So they're balling, right? Deion Sanders, uh, prime time, Coach Prime. He's got those connections, right? But if you look at these other colleges, Bowling Green uh, University, you have. Showerhead. Yeah. You know, but these other smaller like Mac schools or these smaller like Arkansas kind of type of schools that aren't the head honchos in the SEC or the Big Ten. They're going to lose so many recruits just because they're going to pay me a little bit extra. Well, then, like I said, now it leads all the way back to free agency. I I don't think that every player is just going to go somewhere for a little bit more money because they're not going to get substantial amounts more. I mean, if you're talking about the smaller schools. So NIL is going to drastically affect, if anything – the gap between these big power conferences and then the smaller schools, just because 100%. we're talking about the amount of money they generate, the amount of money they can offer a player, the amount of incentives they can offer a player, the facilities, yada, yada, all that. However, since when were those really like smaller schools ever a true competitor for like the championship or college football gap playoff? Is, gap's way too long. For those schools, but when you talk about the the power conferences and all the other big schools, they all have similar money. They all have similar facilities. If not, some of the ones that haven't been winning have better facilities. They all have different connections, but they all have those next level connections in the NFL, the sponsorships. You have to. How the football coaches for the D1 college football programs were still making millions of dollars before the NIL. So like nobody was bothered about that. But yeah. now that the players are getting paid some money, it's like, oh, okay, okay, watch out. Well, this is kind of all part of the whole thing, though. They had to be good at this type of stuff anyway. You still had to barter with, um, what is it, the sponsorship program? What is it called usually? Uh, booster, the booster program. Booster. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta partner with the booster program. You gotta work your way into relationships to get you funding for the football, t- like. They've all been doing this type of stuff already, so it's not really new to them. If anything, I love it because now you'll see more variations, I think, in actual – like the actual championship winner. They're going to expand the playoff at some point because they're going to have to. I don't all like switching. They're going to have to, but that will give more people opportunities, one. And it will – even some of those smaller schools that don't get a chance are the ones that play – really well but they're like oh strength the schedule is so bad now they'll have a chance to at least get in the playoff and make some noise hence now we're turning to the nfl you saying you got that um and there's like alabama for instance is always a perennial powerhouse winner right nick saban seven times national champion most championships in college football d1 history now you hear him complaining a lot more recently because of all the rule changes and stuff like that, because it doesn't now re- just rely on tradition and history because now there is the facilities that are even more important. There is the money grab that's more important. There is the recruiting aspect where it's not just like we're the champion every year to where it's like others, other stuff really matters. So when you're looking at other power five conferences or other power schools that are now switching conferences, whatever else, they all have more of a fair advantage or to or a fair Not opportunity. Fair. To, they all do to have more of an opportunity to win a championship. So I think even though the gap between smaller and big schools will become larger, the variation in actual championship winners will increase. Now that's a bold take because I just think still you're still going to have Clemson up there, Ohio State, you're going to have the Alabama. And now we're just talking about football, you know? Look at basketball. North Carolina is still going to stay on top because they're still one of the top winning programs in the country. 
Kentucky, you still have Virginia, like all these okay. other teams, Kansas. Okay. Like those teams are still get the same deal. So if this is strengthening these smaller schools or like schools that are close, you know, on the on the brink of a championship, right? If they're on the brink, well, it, with this one NIL rule, doesn't that mean the teams up front are also going to propel themselves? Because, hey, guess what? That five-star who was thinking about going to Clemson, ooh, come here. We got you. Check out this deal. Or am I wrong? I mean, yeah, but that's still, like I said, it's the same thing when it could be with Alabama. Like, oh, you're going to Alabama? Well, what if we offer you this? And I come over here and said, like, all of a sudden, now we have, like, a shift in power. Offer free agency. It's a, I mean, yeah, I'll give it to you. It basically is a free agency. Like, if that's what you want to call it, then sure, I'll call it that. But I, do I think it's bad for the game? Not necessarily. Because I think that there will be more variation in all the actual, like, big schools in general. Okay. Uh, rather so, than just one team that's always winning it. So hear me out. Before I get to more of these crazy examples I've heard of the NIL deals. So you and me could be on this committee because we're going to come up with this great plan. Like I said, I like what the, how they've done it, still kind of against it. Well, let's just put a cap, no pun intended, on the salaries. Make them only get 50 grand. I'll be generous. 50 grand. You're getting paid more t- than a teacher at this point for some of these games that are only on TV for twice a year, right? Like national ESPN TV, right? The mm-hmm. primetime game. 50K for, you know, you're starting 22 for or football, you know, football podcast or like the starting five in basketball and then lower those salaries. Like you can only hand out enough 50 K contracts. Now it's an even playing field. Now they're getting paid. I think they're getting paid an awfully a lot for 50 grand a year. Right. I mean, I'd be, I'm not arguing that. There and they get that money from there. Wherever. There's just no regular. It's so brand new. There's no regulations. But on that's it. The and, regulation. the NCAA, and the NCAA is losing power by the day to govern the uh, anything. So um, but is that a bad idea? I think not. I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, I think if we were on the committee, I'd probably be right behind you on board with that, like trying to support that. But um, also, when you're talking about these guys that are getting these huge deals, like it's really this eight, these five figure deals really isn't anything to some of these schools or programs or teams or anything or sponsors or anything like that. So it's it's hard to put a number on it. It's hard to put regulations on it because we don't really even know who's governing everything at this point. But that's um, why I say if you put a cap there saying, hey, you can only make this amount. I know they're going to be under the table deals and whatnot, which was quote unquote. It probably already was before past. him. Exactly. Like we that's what, you know, oh, so and so pays their players. Da, 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 da. Like we've heard all that drama, but now we can at least put a cap on it. So legally. All right, they can only get paid this much. Like you can make your brand, but you can only make them out this much. If you make your fifty grand for the year, gotta donate it to a charity. You gotta give it to you know X Y Z because sometimes they're probably gonna make a whole lot more money. I bet yeah, you if Bryce Young has his own. Clothing, and it's not right? even, and it's not even always gonna have to be about the money. The great thing about the NIL is it's still the player's choice. At the end of the day, like you gave the great examples of the players that have taken the money and donated it to all the great charities, yeah. all the great uh, purposes. There's a lot of players out there that aren't just necessarily in it for them. They understand that their goal is the next level after that and make it a professional career, yada, yada, all, all that. But also for the people that are so against it because of the tradition thing, these players are people. They can make their own. If they want to stick to tradition, if they really love a school because of its history and tradition, they can still go there. Well, and they'll still get deals. It might not be as big of a deal, but they're still going to get a solid piece of the pie. So I just don't see why everyone wants to complain because at the end of the day, I know there's influences and not everybody handles peer pressure and things like that outside of their circle as well. But people need to learn that. That's part of financial literacy. It's part of literacy, like knowing what you can and can't do and managing yourself when you get to the next level. It's a it's a good skill for anyone to be taught and learned. I think it should be taught in schools and high schools and things of that nature. But I think it's a it's the player's choice at the end of the day as well. And we the NIL still allows for that opportunity. A hundred percent, they ha- it's their choice, and they're trying to make this and that. But like now, what you're going to see is all these players rolling up in brand new cars because they just got a good for them, man. They're going to be 
paint out all this kind of quote unquote drip. The suits are gonna look insanely like for game days and whatnot. But like, do they need their college kids? What now the student athlete part is out of the bag. They are pro athletes, they are being paid professionals, paid college. I just players. I would like to know the effect. I would like to know the effect on the back end when it comes to the actual schooling and academic aspect of things and like them being a student rather than just the athlete. I haven't heard or seen anything about that yet, but I'm sure it makes things a little bit different. Um, I understand the, you know, like they don't go to school, you know, like the professors pass them automatically. You know, that stuff's happening at these bigger colleges. But like, remember when North Carolina won the basketball championship and the one guy showed up to class the next day? It like made every sports page like, what is that not normal? (laughs) We would have had a better class. (laughs) And that's the thing, though is you know the student athlete is now taken away At, back in the day you could not go to the olympics if you got paid for that sport that's why the nba players couldn't participate in mm-hmm. basketball it had to be all the college kids the people who you know shoot they'd have tryouts you know like way back when for the olympics because they had to be amateurs now obviously they can be professionals today so now paid professionals paid people to play that's no longer a student athlete in my mind that's a paid professional now, some of those college players have no NIL deals. You're telling me the backup kicker or the third string quarterback, well, maybe at Alabama that might be, but third string quarterback at Iowa is going to have some huge NIL deal? No. So now, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, Alex Moran, man, you never know. <laughs> right, he might. Um, and then just the last thing about that is I heard it on some of the other shows talking about it, but, like, can you imagine what we would have done Oh, sorry. Look, my NIL deal paid for this tonight, fellas. We're gonna go out to some steakhouse, and yeah, when you Growing talk about actually yeah, buying steaks, baby, <laughs> right? No, you're telling me like you know how the jokes always. Oh, we want to buy steaks for my alignment. You bet I am tonight. Dang like, right. <laughs> I would have celebrated, but that's the thing, though. We put. I think we would have had more of the whole like group mentality with it. Yeah. Like, I think I feel like that's the goal for a lot of players when they come into college or they're trying to make it to the league or they do make it to the league it's it's not just for me it's for the people that help bring me up it's for my yeah. boy it's all that so i mean obviously we would have had a great time and uh i think the kia would have had some repairs done you know like we would have been <laughs> we have been whipping it around and then all fine but yeah i don't it's it is what it is but no yeah the i mean think about the real bright side of all this mickey NCAA football 23 coming back in July. Dude, I saw dude. some emotional what? videos. It's like the guy holding the screen, like just bawling his eyes out. And it's like EA sports. It's in the game. And it's just like when all the boys get on in July. Oh, bro. When I tell you, I might call off work the next day. I Guess might. what? I'm on summer break for that whole week. I might not move. The rebirth, of course. I don't care if I'll be 26 at that point. I will be. Oh game oh 100 i already do but it's just crazy like look at a lot of these other deals like one of these miami players getting 500 a month from this local gym i mean that's not bad when they all have to do is rep their brand shirts and do a commercial or two you have supposedly bryce young's getting paid eight hundred thousand. that's what i came out of the gate with that's absolutely insane 800k he's almost a millionaire and he's played you know two years in the nfl and then yeah that's more than like I feel like some D three colleges get. I don't think D three colleges are millionaire industry. So that's just crazy as is. Which no, I mean, but it's gonna like I said, the gap will be definitely yeah. real. But also, not everyone's got that type of talent anyway. So they're always gonna get people. There's always gonna be people that go to play D two, D three. I mean, my favorite NIL sponsorship, the coldest Crawford. I don't that know is, if you yeah. know about the coldest. Yep. The Twitter sensation. But the coldest Crawford getting signed to a heating and cooling company, an air conditioning company, that is smart marketing. <laughs> that is genius. And whoever decide, decided to do that, they you deserve an award. You deserve an award. You know, and we're talking a lot about these football players, but it's also really cool to see the gymnastic star Olivia Dune from LSU. She's getting paid one mil. I mean, I guess she's a huge social media presence, and that's why they went to them. And for some brand, Ferrari, I probably said that wrong. I don't know the actual brand of it. But, like, that's insane amount of money to be making in college. But at least it's going to other sports besides football, because that was my big thing talking way back when uh, in our first season. Like, what about the other sports? You know, there's some schools that football is atrocious. 
in basketball gymnastics tracks are their like mo i think they should be getting paid more than these football players right if you're going to become a national championship in gymnastics you better get paid the most in that school you know so i mean my closing remarks is about this topic is transfer portal is turning into free agency uh put a cap on it like you have to to make sure that, that it's you know leveling the playing field but still paying these athletes for their name image and likely likeliness and at the end of the day i think it still needs to get improved it's only the starting point but i am happy that they went about it this way instead of just giving a ton of money out to all these students but like we said earlier some of the ways that the students have been using their money has been awesome and i just hope it gets better and doesn't create this huge bridge that we're talking about uh my take is i i agree that they should try to regulate i just do not believe that they have the capability to at this time put us on the on the uh, committee we'll get it yeah, done well i mean duh i mean they need our brain out there obviously um but I, I'm on, on top of that, like, I think the bridge is just inevitable, man. Um, but it also is just like, it's not going to stop people from going to those smaller schools. They're still going to have to feel people. They still have, there's still way, like, <clears throat> the number of high school players that there are compared to the number of college players that there are, that drops down significantly. So, I mean, there's always people that are trying to play. Um but I mean, I mean, this has all been inevitable. The transfer portal is a free agency of sorts. We're just, I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch. My biggest whole thing is just team relocation from conference to conference. You are going to lose some of that traditional stuff. You're going to create new rivalries, but it's more so how many, like, are we even going to have? Are we even going to have a? I don't know, conference conferences anymore? Like, is it just going to, or are we going to turn into, like you said, the NFL to where it's just like two sides of the league and they just have people together? Because, I mean, that's the amount of, the amount of teams that are going to be in some of these conferences is wild. Yeah, we've already talked about that. That's definitely going to be another huge debate when college football rolls around or college sports rolls around. It's just like now it's you're turning it into a mega league, which kind of stinks. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Yank, the... NIL deal has been the debate has been awesome. I'm so happy that we're kind of still disagreeing and whatnot with it. And you know, those college athletes go out and get yours at the end of the day. Like if you're making your best that you can, like, obviously I'm not going to get too mad about it, but that's my personal takes about it. Now, as we transition here, just like Yank started the episode with go visit pinnacle supplementation, go reach your pinnacle. They actually won the 2022 bags tournament at heritage days. So they were repping pinnacle hard and they also were on the uh on other podcasts and whatnot so go check them out they're making you bigger and better as well now each new episode before we have 50 days before the football season starts we're going to break down each division so today we're doing the afc west and in my opinion west is best uh, they had a lot of off-season moves that came up this year. I mean, each yeah, this single is, this one's did. crazy, man. Uh, this one's gonna be crazy. We're gonna rank them. We're gonna show you our rankings, and some of y'all might be surprised, but we're super happy. Uh, one of uh, Mr. Zizzy's friends over there brought up this idea, and we loved it. So we're gonna take it and absolutely run with it. So Yank, how would you like to go about? It? Do you want to start at the bottom of who you think is gonna be the worst AFC West team, or we're we gonna start? No, do we want to start with these hot takes already? <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I think we should just start from the bottom and work our bottom way up. up. Yeah. All right. Now, Yank, here it comes. Bronco country, let's ride. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to ride to the bottom of the AFC West. All right. So, I mean, just what I started off with, the story of the offseason is you got your quarterback. They said they were one quarterback away from being a great playoff team. They went and got let russ cook all right he's got a new team he's got jerry excuse me he's got jerry judy and whatnot and Cortland sutton and uh one other star on their team but that's Javante. nothing comparable to the Javante. other receiver huh javante javante yes javante yeah my bad javante is um, real <laughs> i personally like jerry judy more but let's see here they the experts said they were the one quarterback away and they went six and eight last year uh, when uh, Russell Wilson played for the Seahawks. I understand he was injured when he was playing. He was playing on a uh, bad body, 6-8 and eight for Russ last year. Um, uh-oh. 
He only threw for 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. That's 222 yards per game, Yank. And this is your savior that's going to come propel you to the top of the AFC West? No, not a chance because you receivers, you're telling me that Javante, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton are better than DK Metcalf and Ty Lockett? You're wrong. All right, that is the, one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. Look at your face. Like you're telling hurt. me. I like it always hurt. I'm just saying. I'm that's and then that's where uh my reason I'm putting them down there is their offense that they're so so called is going to propel them to the top. Isn't they're still going to struggle against these teams. Their defense is still going to be great, but you might win a few more games. I have them going eight and nine this year. I broke down their entire schedule. But that's my first initial takes on why the Broncos are going to be the four seed. You can tell me where your Broncos or the Broncos are going to be on your list. Uh, the Broncos for me, I'm not gonna. We're not. They're not on the bottom. That's that's for sure. Um, oh, they're on the bottom. They're not. They are not. Broncos country. Let's ride. Um, for me, honestly, I have them uh, second in the division. And pot and like battling, battling for the top. I'm I'm dead. I'm I'm serious. So when you're looking at the team around him, yes, I know you want to bring up DK and Ty Lockett in Seattle. Please tell me anybody else on that team, pretty much. Period. For who? Seattle. Yeah. They have uh, Gerald Everett. Their tight end is pretty solid. (laughs) Stop. They have a running game. They all have a good running game. They have no running game. They have no That's offensive true. line. That Ooh, man was run. That man was one of the most sad quarterbacks in the league for the last few seasons. Um, on top of that, you're looking at a defense that has been severely depleted since the Legion of Boom days. Like he does not have that same defense. There's nobody really there that have been stopping anybody these last few seasons. Um, it's just a complete upgrade in my mind. You're talking about Jerry Judy. You're talking about Tim Patrick. You're talking about Cortland Sutton. You're talking about Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, who re-signed in the backfield. An offensive line that is honestly one of the best in football. A defense that has been championship ready for two years. Um, tell me where there really is a weakness. This is I I love I think it's the Tom Brady effect. I think that you leave your team that you've been with since you were drafted. You have newfound energy, new new teammates. Like you're ready to go, prove a point. Who cares if he's Mister Nice Guy? Who care? I love the fact that he's embracing the fact that people think the whole Broncos country let's ride thing is funny. Like I love <laughs> that he's embracing that. He's the guy, and he's gonna come in. I think he's gonna have a great year. I think he's gonna propel the Broncos to the playoffs and have a very um good chance of winning this conference he was even saying in his interviews the um what was it a couple days ago he's talking championship he's dropping the championship comment already they have expectations i like it i didn't know there's a championship for fourth place but yank oh my by these receivers these three receivers aren't anything great i understand drew lock is a very mediocre probably bottom you know tier of quarterbacks I get that. I know that exactly my point though that's who jerry judy tim patrick Cortland sutton have been catching from now you get Russell Wilson. Russell I think Jerry Judy is not going to be way better. He was than a losing quarterback been. last year. Was what? still a very solid defense. Very solid oh, defense. Uh, they didn't have a quarterback. They have a new coaching staff here this year. Uh, with um, I think the OC from uh Green Bay. They have last year Teddy and Drew. Yeah, they had a quarterback battle. But Yank, I understand the third best defense in the well, ranked in PFF last year. Pro football, Pro Football Reference. I went to a different site for this. But third rest, like, that's awesome, right? I love that they have Sertain, Simmons, Ronald Darby, Kareem Jackson. That's awesome. But their interior D-line is going to hurt them. So now against these stud-passing teams, like, their D-line is the worst part of their defense. So that means the running game is going to be a little bit better for all these other teams, okay? Now let's talk about these other teams in their conference. you got to play these teams twice. You're telling me they're – I understand they're going to split. My big thing is AFC West is going to split right down the middle. They're going to uh, split each game. Justin Herbert's better than Russell Wilson. Patrick Mahomes is better than Russell Wilson. Derek Carr has better weapons than uh, Russell Wilson. So Derek Carr's going to have a better season. All three of your quarterbacks in your same division are going to be better than you. So how is this team going to go from second when they can't even take the wins out of their own conference, out of their own division? Because you tell me. A 500 football team with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. 
They were seven and Teddy Bridgewater, there's not really a knock against him. I think he could have been. He's one of the biggest could have been's in the NFL ever, but he got completely derailed by injuries. I'm just saying, for them to basically be a 500 team with them interchanging at quarterback and them having injury issues and all that, it's 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 the same exact thing that we talked about with Tampa. Tampa was a 500 football team with Jameis Winston. Wait, wait, got the greatest player of all time. You can't. Rest. I don't. I'm just saying. You're still throwing – he still was a 30-touchdown throw quarterback. He throws 30 interceptions. You bring in just one person who doesn't throw the interceptions. They ride in the goal. be the difference. I, I get the go. I get that. It's not, not – I'm not saying Russell Wilson is Tom Brady, but it's a comparable situation because this is such an upgrade for them at quarterback. And with the newfound energy and Russell Wilson having something to prove coming off of his injury last year, I, I think I'd really – I love the underdog story, and this is the team that's probably talked about the least right now out of the out of the division. Yeah, it's just at the end of the day, I already made the quarterback comparisons. And don't get me wrong, I love their defense, like I already told you. Josie Jewell, uh, the Iowa stud is, you know, at their linebacker, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory all on their defense as well. I understand their defense is great. But they're playing against some of the best quarterbacks in the game of football. Two of them in the probably the top I'll say eighth. I'll put Justin Herbert at eighth best quarterback in the league right now. And a lot of people might put him in top five and say he's an MVP candidate. I don't think so yet. But just the big key takeaways, Yank, I talked about the things I liked and I disliked about this team, is the losses they're going to have, their out-of-division games are tough. They're not beating the Ravens this year. They're not beating the Cardinals. They're not beating the Rams. They're not beating the Colts. They're not beating the 49ers. That's five losses right there, according to my nine losses. And then they're splitting with every other team. I just don't think they'll win these big time games against these really good, good teams. I mean, obviously they're playing the Texans, the Seahawks, the Jets, Jaguars. They're going to win all those week one. They play the Seahawks. They're blowing them out of the water. Like I got you on that, but you know, my key takeaways, mark it down. Russ is everything for this team and he's got to make these receivers better than what he had in Seattle. I just don't see how they don't improve. I just don't. The defense up front is going to struggle, and teams are going to be able to run against it. And my last one is the out-of-division games are going to be losses. The tough, tough like, key matchups they're going to lose. That's why they are number four. I mean, I don't know, man. They were coming in and playing teams with backup quarterbacks and still had a competitive advantage in most of their games, and had and they were in most of their games last year, even the ones that they lost. Uh I just think this Russell Wilson move puts him over the edge. And like I said, it's an underdog story. Not enough people talking about him. So you have him at four. I'll put you put him in the AFC South, they might be number one or two. You put him in the AFC East, they might they be put him in, in almost any other division. They're probably a number one or two. So why not be a two here? I like the underdog story for once. I know I, it's it's going to be – I feel like I'm con- – uh, being hypocritical of my of some of my pre- previous comments here in a second, but oh, oh. all yeah. righty. Now, Yank, we're gonna take your number four, your fourth place. We already talked about your second, that being the Morocco. Who is going to be at the bottom for the AFC West? <laughs> you better not say it. I think you're gonna go somewhere, and I really don't like it. Oh man, to me. It's a it's a toss up in three and four because I really don't know. I really don't know. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs are the worst team in the division. <laughs> You're lucky I'm stuck in my office right I, here. I'm sure you would have got out, but I swear. And it has nothing. The it's the hardest thing in the world. It's like, oh, what are you gonna do? You're gonna doubt the greatest quarterback talent in the league. And it's 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 sad to say it, but it's not that I'm doubting him. I'm just doubting the rest of the team around him. I really am. Uh, he's got him. He's got Travis Kelsey, and uh, it's pretty much all the second best tight end in the league. Okay, and I'll wait. I don't know. I just really do not. I mean, the them losing Tyreek is going to be a big hit on them, and it will hinder uh, Patrick Mahomes in a way. And I'm not saying that he won't have the same scram mobility, won't be able to make the same plays, but there's a lot of times where he is in trouble, 
and they get into the scramble drill. It is Tyreek Hill that is the recipient of that pass. It's going to somehow show up this season that he was a big part of that offense. Um, and, I mean, I just don't like the defense. Plain and simple. Uh, I think that's what exposed them. I think that's what exposed them last year early in the season. And even though they tightened stuff up, I felt that that was more of Patrick Mahomes understanding NFL defense. I mean, he was talking about going into last season. He was still learning how to read the defense. We saw once he figured it out because people were starting to play them differently and being able to take away all those bombs over the top that once he started figuring it out and playing the pick and pop game, all of a sudden, the Chiefs went on that crazy run to end the season, and they start dominating again. They're back in the AFC Divisional Playoffs. They have the greatest game of all time against the um, Bills, and he drives down in 13 seconds. It's not Patrick Mahomes that I doubt. He will be one of the best quarterbacks in the league again this year, and he will probably make these receivers that are not as big of a name anymore much better than what they are capable of. But I don't like the defense other than Tyron Matthew. I don't like it. I don't. I just don't know what else they really are going to offer on that side of the ball, and I think it's going to hinder them down the road. I don't think that the rest of the teams in the division are scared of them anymore. Um, I think they're all just as ready to win a championship, and they're all tired of seeing the Chiefs at the top. So these guys are going to get the best games from these opponents every single time they go out on the field, and it's the same thing for the rest of the league. Everybody loves to prove that they're better than the best, and what's better than beating Patrick Mahomes? Mr. Zizzy. That might have been the absolute <laughs> worst take ever on this podcast. I don't think the worst, so. in the, the worst in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs who battle with the Buffalo Bills, who lost to the before in the AFC championship. Yank. This is the worst take you've ever had. Uh, our expertise status probably just dropped a level. Our IQ of this podcast has dropped a little bit by you putting that into the podcast streams. And I know it goes against my whole like prep past, like you got to beat the best to be the best. It's always that that way. But Patty Mahomey, I understand. They're my second. They're my number two team in the AFC West. Uh, Patty Mahomey had a down year. They went 12 and five. They were the second seed gang for a down year. Okay. He had 4,800 yards passing, 37 touchdowns. I understand he had more interceptions this year. That was no, that's the most he's thrown. He still was a pro bowler, 66 completion percentage, 284 yards per game. His second lowest. I understand that. So now he has that chip on his shoulder. He's like, oh, we didn't ball out last year. I got to go. And everyone's hyping up Tyreek. Everyone said that it was Tyreek Hill's team. They just went and got Juju Smith-Schuster, who's going to be great, and Valdez Scantling. I think those two combined are going to be right up there. Not better than Tyreek Hill. I understand that. But two more weapons to add to your arsenal. I think they're going to be okay with these two new guys. And Patty Mahomes is going to tell them exactly what they need. Valdez Scantling's fast. I understand the drops. That was the big thing. I mean, back in the Super Bowl when they played against Tom at the drops when he's throwing balls, like almost hitting the ground. A lot of drops. It's not, there's nothing against Patrick Mahomes. I will, ne- I will never say anything negative against Patrick Mahomes. And they did get their O line. Uh, their O line is better, but I understand they lost Austin Blythe, their center. I mean, that was kind of their key core piece. And it might be a down year for the defense, too. I understand that, but their D line is going to be strong. So teams aren't going to be able to run. So they're going to have to pass. I understand the secondary was a little rough last year. That's why some of those losses. I have them going 11 and six. I think it's going to be one more loss one game but these other two guys are going to make up for it i just can't believe that you're going to bet against a mvp candidate I mean, if you really want me i think that's it's more so me trying to make a splash and a statement here on early saturday morning i could easily put them at three um and that's just it's just a complete no and i could easily put them at one even just to say like you got to beat the best like and they haven't necessarily proven that they've fallen off 100 percent. and we don't know what they're going to be with even with tyree kilgon i still expect them to be a good team I still expect them to be a tough out in general. I just am looking inside the division. I mean, four probably steep, guys. Sorry, I'm trying no, to make you it, go trying to make a splash. The games come around for season yeah. three. Well, I'm, I'm making sure I'm starring this episode for it. But yeah, that was I mean, so fast. I watched him play against the Bears twice last year, and he's actually kind of decent. I hate to admit that because I hate admitting that the Green Bay Packers are good, right? 
Um, so Valdez Scantling is still great. He still can propel this offense to help them out. He'll be fine. Uh, he'll be. I think he'll make. I mean, he's playing. He's going from Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he'll not have like much of a drop off. One go to one Hall of Famer to the next Hall of Famer. Jeez, oh, we ain't gonna start that whole thing. Um, um, yeah, but wow. it's really it's not. It's because I look at all the other teams in the division and I compare the entire team because I believe. I mean, that's what just won the championship last year was defense. Aaron Donald making the final play against Joe Burrow to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's what won at the end of the day. So when I look at all the teams in the division, Broncos have a better defense. The Chargers have a much better defense. The Raiders are questionable with the Chiefs. So when I look at your three and four, that's why I'm going to have the Raiders at number three. Because I don't look at their at their defense, and I and it doesn't anything that they have on their on that side of the ball doesn't necessarily necessarily scare me or make me think they can really really stop some people. I watched a lot of their games last year. There's games where they were giving up 25 plus points all the time, but their offense is going to be absolutely scary. And I think that their weapons are much better than what the Chiefs have currently. And their car used to be an MVP candidate with a worse team when he was on that 12 and four Raiders team. If he hadn't got hurt at the end of the year, he wins MVP. He wins MVP. So he has the talent. He has the skill. And now you're going to give him Devontae Adams, who's going to have to get double teams, but now who you, you can't cover Hunter Renfro, who's a hundred catch a uh, thousand yard receiver. And now you can't cover Darren Waller, who is an absolute unit at tight end. And they have a decent line with Josh Jacobs, who isn't the biggest name back there, but he runs hard every year. Um, he plays well. So I really like that offense, and that's where I, I felt like it's a toss-up. I, I hate I hate putting them at four, but I also love it because, I mean, I'm Zizzy, baby. Let's go. Let's run. Well, that's your horse take of all time, I feel like. <laughs> and my thing is they're going to beat the 49ers. They're going to beat the Titans, Jaguars, Texans, Seahawks, Cardinals. Raiders at least once. So they're we're already sitting at eight to seven wins right there. So now all they got to do is win four more of those close one divisions. So if they beat their division once, boom, there's three wins. Now we're talking in that 10 to 11 phase winning. You know, obviously I think they're going to lose to the Bucks, the Rams, like Bills, like those really, really good teams. So they do have a harder schedule, but they also have a lot of these teams that it's a markup W. I still think you're blasphemous for it. I guess at it's the gonna end be of the day, it's going to be a very interesting to see. This is the toughest division of football. No, hundred percent. That's why we started with it. And I'll just give you my key takeaways. I mean, if the defense can hold their own and give up less than twenty four points, Patrick Mahomes is going to go score you twenty eight. He's going to get you four touchdowns. Defense has to hold the any team under twenty four, and that's a lot to ask. I like not a lot. To Chelsea, they're not. Yeah. He's not as explosive without Tyree. We don't know yet. I, I mean, gotta, I got to see Greg Clark on their D-line. Uh, Patrick Mahomey needs to be great. He needs to have an efficient year. And efficient is going to make up for those defense at giving up 24 points. If he be efficient, the Kansas City Chiefs are fine. He's an MVP caliber quarterback. And lastly, the O-line has to hold their own. And the receivers, don't drop the balls. If you don't drop the balls, Patrick Mahomes is going to put it on your chest or anywhere in your catching. He's all that in that Super Bowl. He's throwing horizontal exactly. when he's out there doing that. Um, those are my key takeaways, but it is blasphemous. You have them at number four. I have them at number who so okay. yeah okay. we got two teams to talk about now i think the number I one i don't know who your number one's gonna be so we're gonna go on the opposite side who is your number three? Oh, i just said it i think a little bit ago but it's it's again when i look at teams i have to say the complete team and so i have the raiders at number three um we they are yeah we have the raiders <laughs> at number three um simply just because like i said i think Derek Carr was an MVP candidate before, uh, before he had these good of weapons before he had, um, I mean, and I think that there's a solid culture with the team itself. Last year, they went through a whole lot of craziness with people getting in trouble with law enforcement, with the whole Henry Ruggs situation to uh, coaching turmoil with, um, geez, can't even remember what was the coach's name. John Gruden. Yes. Thank you. Wow. I remember Gruden. Got morning. Yeah, all right. It's early morning. Um, but yeah, with the whole turmoil with John Gruden and then not being able to, and then having an interim coach all year. Now you have a new coaching change. I get that. But the new coach is Josh McDaniels. It's coming from Patriot culture. 
he's got a second chance. We already know he's an offensive genius. You're going to give an offensive genius Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, um, Hunter Renfro, and Derek Carr to play with? Okay. Way more than what he had with Mac Jones and the wide receivers in New England. Just going to throw that out there. So I think their offense is going to be absolutely electric. Might be the best in the division. Um, but the defense, again, is something that worries me. I don't know if they made enough acquisitions in this offseason to really bolster it much. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I love I love Max out there, honestly, off the end. I mean, we know he can ball as a DN, but um, I just – and secondary worries me. Um, and that's why I'm going to be so big on the team that's number one. I'm also at number three. I agree with a lot of those takes. Like Derek Carr was an MVP caliber quarterback back a few years ago, like 2018, 20, you know, yeah. great. It was about wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, but he also just got one of his best buddies, one of the best weapons in the NFL. And I hate admitting that. Like I said, I hate admitting the green team. We don't like talking about them. It's Adams had 1500 yards last year for 11 touchdowns. He's a top two receiver in the league. And now he loves to play big money. He's been playing with his best friend. Like they already got that team chemistry down. And now they had over 30 touchdowns together in college. Like people think like, oh, it's a brand new thing. They got to figure it out. They they know. And they then know. Hunter Renfro, one of the most saucy route runners ever, had a yeah, bug, baby. and nine touchdowns. They now have a top duo receiving core in the NFL. I mean, they're top four, probably top four uh receiving duo. They're top five offense in the NFL this year, I'm telling you. You have Waller at their tight end. You have Josh Jacobs. So their offense is going to be a okay. They're going to be the leading force. They'll probably put up, I mean, Patrick Mahomes numbers, 28 to 30 uh, points a game. And it's going to be good luck game planning. If you're a defense coordinator, good luck game planning against that. But the thing that's going to limit them to be number three, they might be the a six seed or the seven seed Yank. I will give you that. They might still make the playoffs. Three teams out of the AFC West, and this is the Raiders. They very, might and seven I wouldn't even five. be surprised if all four somehow managed to make it. I mean, I totally get that, and I think they're gonna they're gonna hold their own, and they m- might be a playoff team. Like that's not too crazy to discuss about it. I mean, you still have a twenty three touchdowns and fourteen interceptions. You have to be more efficient if you're Derek Carr, which with Devontae Adams, I think you will be forty eight uh, hundred yards. Awesome. Now the two things that are gonna propel them down to the number three the new coaching changes they had all the drama like you said with the arrest with the whole coaching changes they still got to get this coach i know uh josh daniels but you saw through all that they could stick together and actually they've started winning that's why they're still gonna be on that win streak that's what i'm saying there is a culture there and bringing then the patriots winning culture with josh mcdaniel i think that there i think there's probably something brewing in a positive manner rather than that actually negatively impacting and yeah, but now, so that's one of my like, eh, you know, and then we talk about the defense, which you already referenced Max Crosby, one of my favorite defenders in the league, the whole tattoo. So, oh, it's awesome. Right. He's, he's a stud. They also got Chandler Jones. You remember Chandler Jones? That's true. I forgot that record. they made that trade. So their so D line is real, real. So teams are going to have to pass. They already know that going into it, but their secondary yank yeah, their here. Secondary is secondary. Yank this secondary is not very good in my eyes. They have Trayvon Mullen. He had one interception last year. Eh. They have Trayvon Morig, one interception this year. They have Rock Yasin, who only had eight pass deflections. Nothing too great. He had no interceptions. And then they got this uh, – he was from the Colts, and they got Davini Diablo. He only had 28 tackles. Do any of those names ring a bell? Do any of those names make you no. scared as I told, I told this was, Their secondary is what holds them back. And no disrespect to them. They're great. They're starting an NFL team way better than we ever will be, right? But for referencing the grades, if we're trying to compare these amazing teams who are in the AFC West, you're at the bottom. You know, you're towards down there. Now that D-line and that stud offense is going to get you wins. There's going to be mean, some Sundays hurt. that – If the Chiefs had hung on to Emmanuel Ogba, which – Welcome to the fins, baby. If uh, if they had hung on to him and they didn't have more than just Tyron Matthew, like we, they're still starting Reed Sorensen out there, which has been a liability for half of the last two seasons. Oh, yeah. He shows up in the playoffs somehow, but everything else is just oh, it's scary. Um, but I mean, stuff like that, man. It's just, I, it makes it hard to believe that their defense can hold up to championship expectations when you have other teams in the division like the Broncos. And the Chargers, who would both seems like we have at number one um, coming into this. 
I mean, yeah, that's my thing. My last thing about the Raiders, I agree that they're going to be number three there. I think they're still going to be a playoff team at that number three, and they're going to start out 0-3, and everyone's like, oh, the Raiders, that bad, but they still got to get into the thing. They play the Chargers, Cardinals, Titans. Pretty rough stretch. And then I think they come home to Kansas City. They beat Kansas City, and then the stretch of Texans, Saints, Jaguars, Seahawks. There's four wins. Now you're moving and grooving. They're going to put a streak to propel them back into the playoffs. And they also play the Patriots. Dumb. I think for the Raiders, um, the, the other teams don't play the Patriots and, you know, they also do play the Steelers. That's my kind of toss up game for them. That's going to either propel them to a playoff team or not. And we know the Steelers will talk about them in another episode, but like they're kind of up and down right now too. They don't have this stud of an offense that the Raiders do. So I have them at 10 to seven. The key takeaways is the offense is going to flow great. Defense just don't give up 40 points and you should be fine. 30 points and you should be fine. <laughs> Secondary is going to be the Achilles heel, Achilles heel of this team. And less drama is going to lead to more success. And I think the Raiders have that now with a new coaching staff. I agree. Um, I'd say, I think, again, if anyone really wanted to plug and play with this division, you can. Um, it's, just a matter, yeah, it's just a matter of, where are you going to, are you going to put it all together and you're going to do it on a consistent basis? So there is some new changes in Oakland, which is, or, well, not Oakland, geez, I'm so used to Las Vegas. Raiders, I know. Las Vegas Raiders. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of changes there. So that's probably the only reason why you have them at three. Um, same here. But outside of that, they could easily propel themselves to a better than 10 7 record. We'll see what happens. Now, I'm glad we agree on a number one. And I thought this was going to be a hot take, but Yank. No, I mean, wow. there's all, there's one worry that I have with them, but well, two worries, but I still, when you look at it on paper, oof, it looks good. Watch out. Los Angeles Superchargers bolt up Los Angeles. Shout out to Rumi's fresh pulled now, Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Rumi's there. Uh, now, I typically start out with quarterbacks as an upgrade, but you know my Chicago Bears traded Khalil Mack, which I said in previous episodes, like we got to get rid of him. I think we should have got more for Khalil Mack, but here we are. But Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on opposite sides is going to be dangerous. Khalil Mack is no longer the number one. He is no longer the first name on your scouting report. It's Joey Bosa. So now Khalil Mack's not going to have less double teams. He's going to go against the less better uh, offensive lineman like if you're playing against the Bucks, Joey Bosa is going to go against Tristan Kluomack's going to play against their other lineman like I think they're going to be fine in that aspect now Joey Bosa seven forced fumbles second in the league 10 and a half sacks that's 13th in the league and he's on the upside of Kluomack who is now the Robin of this team we talk about in the NBA the Batman and the Robin we have that on a defensive line that's scary Kluomack's still a top 12 defender in the league at 12 though um, I just can't bet against this team with those uh, tremendous defense. And that's coming from an offensive guy like me. I mean, even their secondary, J.C. Jackson from New England, he was Thank second you. individual interceptions. That's that's, wow. He's in the NFL for interceptions, and now he's in part of their secondary who already has Derwin James, who's uh, a Yeah, he's one of the guys we love watching. They're, this team is such a huge turnover-creating defense. That's going to lead to W's. You know, turnovers equal W's. If you have less turnovers than, you know, the other team, you're pretty much going to win the ball game. And that's going to be a difference for the Chargers. And Yank, we haven't even started talking about this offense. Herbert Sherbert, who's talked of MVP. I don't think it's MVP yet. I don't. But he's still going to be a great quarterback. He threw for 5,000 yards last year, Yank, more than Patrick Mahomes. He had 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. You got to make that more efficient. I understand that. Yeah, he had five rushing touchdowns. Bolt up, baby. I'll, I'm going to talk more about their offense, but I'm going to let you intervene because I can just go on and on. And I hate I mean, There's not really much to intervene about. You say when you talk about the Chargers, it's not even it's nothing really but positives. I mean, you're talking. We can talk offense because you didn't talk about it as much, but you're looking <laughs> at looking at like you said, Justin Herbert. I mean, since he's been drafted, has been a stud, and he's absolutely a star in this league. He is going to be an MVP candidate. I don't know if uh, if he limits the interceptions. There's nothing but a there's no ceiling for this guy. Like he will absolutely blow it out of the water when you have um, Mike Williams, who's now re-signed off of his extension. He's got his money. He's satisfied. They've got good chemistry, and that man is absolutely in love with the deep ball and Herbert loves to throw it. 
So they'll go out there. That's another 1,000-yard receiver returning from last year. Obviously, we all know about Keenan Allen, the perennial stud. I mean, what, outside of years that he's been injured, he's a guaranteed 1,000-yard receiver, and he's unguardable. He's number one. He's unguardable unless you put Derwin James on him in practice, apparently, because Derwin James is out there playing one-on-one, locking him up if anyone's seeing the practice film. But that man is another animal, and we get to see him in full action, fully healthy for the first time, really, this year. He's going to be insane. So, um, oh, I'm What about the running about... game, Yank? What about their running well, game? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You've got Austin Eckler. you got Isaiah Spiller, I believe. He was on the Bills before. Yeah. Um, but he came. He comes over. That's a great, great change of, of speed for a third down back or a receiving back. And then you get, obviously, like we talk about, Austin Eckler, he can do – he's an all-down back. He can do anything. He can catch. Best he can fantasy run. running back. Yeah, he's a fantastic fantasy running back. They get Gerald Everett now as a tight end. That's another big body. Oh, so, you're adding, yeah, they're adding him in. So, I mean, there's nothing really to talk about other than as long – the O-line's just got to make sure they protect a little bit better, and you're good there. The offense is going to absolutely do their thing. Herbert will probably have another 5,000-plus yard season, and I'd be looking at him for north of 40 touchdowns this year. He will be an MVP candidate. I know you might not be ready to say that, but I think he will be. Then, like he said, that defense, absolutely unreal. The Khalil Mack trade looking real nice right now. Got Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa on the other side, going to be absolutely tormenting these quarterbacks. And then, like you said, the secondary. We're talking, I mean, go to your I don't get excited for secondaries. I don't, but here I am. But you have to because we're talking Asante Samuel. And then on the other side, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. But then the main man of it all, Derwin James, who is a literal human Swiss army knife. He can cover any receiver. He can cover any back out of the backfield. He can hit. He makes game-changing plays. God, I hope he stays healthy because I want to see him for a full season. He's He is a play maker so um their complete team there's only two things that can stop them from winning this division one is health because god it's the chargers and they get hit <laughs> by that injury bug every year and two it's brandon staley their coach i believe that this fourth down going I forward every it. single time i love it but i hate it because that sometimes it's like just kick the damn ball man like you under <laughs> you can't do it every time and we saw what happened at the end of the year last year. You have one game to get in, and you make that horrific timeout call mistake. Yeah, doing all that, I just I don't, I don't understand that. So prove We're it to tie. me. Prove it to me that you can't lose it for your team because coaching is a big part of the game as well, and that's all got to be perfect come playoff time. So I yeah, still think that they're the best team, complete team. I know they're going to be a 13 to four watch out. I mean, Austin Eckler too had so many touchdowns. He had eight receiving 12 rushing. He was 911 yards uh, rushing and then 600 yards receiving like Eckler alone is a great back to help out your young quarterback for check downs to run the ball. So they're going to be a complete team. The other thing was he was sacked around, I think 31 times. So that's kind of bad, but Justin Herbert's fast. He can get out of it. So the offensive line is going to be the I struggle. Say fast. He's just a big boy that can move. I mean, he can get you a lot of touchdowns and whatnot. Um, And then I just think they are all the way back. They woke up feeling dangerous. The aggressive offensive mind by Staley is, I like it. And I think that's going to propel them to a win or two. And I think it's going to take a loss. But it also yank, I mean, at the end of the day, let's check out their schedule, right? So we're splitting in the league. That's what I'm in their division. They play the Jaguars, Texans, we've talked about. They play the Browns, but we don't know if Deshaun Watson will be back by then. They play the Seahawks. They play the Falcons, which that's a great like team that no one else in your division plays to play. Play the Falcons. Um, they play the Dolphins, which I think they're beating your fins. Sorry, I think you should too. Um, and then they play like the Colts. The only teams that I think are going to slow them down are the Cardinals, Chiefs, Raiders, and Rams. And those are teams that are okay. Like, if you're going to lose to those teams, I think you're going to be in a pretty good situation. Now, my last closing remarks about this powerhouse Chargers team is it's all about the defense for this team. And they have the best one in the NFL on paper. That's going to make them be successful. Key takeaway one. Their wide receiver duo is fantastic. And Herbert Sherbert is money. So, like, that combination is going to be perfect for your takeaway. 
And then they have an easier schedule. They have a promising young future, and this is the year to really propel them to a AFC championship type team. Watch it, see it happen. I'm hyping up the Chargers this year. Sorry, Cheyenne, I don't like agreeing with you, but this year, you know what? Maybe we can rock some Charger gear. I mean, hey, personal week, man. What up? We got to shut you out a couple times this this episode, but hey, bolts up, baby. I, I like yeah. it. Fins up, bolts up. I like it. Now. That is our recap of the division. Yank has Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, and the Chiefs. I have the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Broncos. Now, we would love to hear what your key takeaways or your prediction of the AFC West, because West is best here. Uh, shout out us out on the Twitter, reply to it, all that kind of jazz. But, Yank, is there any other closing remarks from a very fun and upbeat episode? Honestly, it just scares me when we start reading out the schedules, because it just... Pickums are gonna be rough this year. They're gonna hey, be rough. You're a two-time All-American. Two-time All-American, but I, 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 I ain't never won the damn thing. So I haven't either, but I do have the most wins in Pickham history. Past two years. Barely. Barely. <laughs> Barely. But all right. Yeah, no, other than that, I, I just the best AFC West is the best division of football. It's gonna be absolutely electric. Any of those teams could be anywhere. Yep. But the Chiefs better prove it. Oh, yeah. All right. And my last closing hot take here, Yank, is Austin Eckler might be my second round, first round running back in fantasy pit. I might have just gave away a lot of. That's not really like a surprise, though. That's not really. I know, but I might tell people my strategy here. But uh, hyping up Chargers, bolt up. He's baiting you. Chargers. (laughs) All righty. Well, if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Peace. Peace.